0: you want to hear a little bit of my Mesopotamian social hierarchy rap no <laughs> <laughs> M is a monarchy oh well, I, I already butchered it <laughs> M M means a monarchy the king is on top of this hierarchy it starts like that did you write it yourself oh yeah believe it or not I wrote it myself the it's a lot better four. when I don't butcher it the endless e talent is of Jimmy expensive Uthi. taste the rich people have a very high place. S stands for superstitious. Priests were important and quite religious. It's Mesopotamia. Like yeah, a classic poem yeah, as yeah. a rap.
1: Alright. We get it.
0: Oh <laughs> no. is opportunity. Some women had big roles in their community. What did
1: the what did the kids think of this?
0: Oh, they got into it. They they were like oh. recording it. We did it all together at the end. After I bet we they were making fun it. of you. Yeah, they were like, Oh, I'm gonna put this on TikTok. <laughs> Of classic, they are. Classic, classic kids, classic twelve-year-olds. TikTok, I tell you, TikTok. <laughs> what are they? What? Is,
1: what's this clock app? You know what I'm saying? This TikTok. All right, we're moving on. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to another episode of That One Movie Podcast, also known as Tomp, the weekly show where we discuss movies, games, and TV shows in addition to kind of whatever. Mainly, we just shout nonsense into our microphones. I'm your host, Holden Sutter, joined by my co-host, Jimmy Youthy. I
0: can't understand your accent,
1: Holden. (laughs) That's a SpongeBob reference for those of you who don't get it. I'm from rock bottom. (laughs) We've got a great episode for you this week featuring our review of The Trial of the Chicago Seven. Let's try those Chicago Seven. Mm, yum.
0: Pizza. <laughs> <laughs> that one movie podcast. Tom.
1: <sighs> <laughs> but first, Jimmy, we've got to do the Toms. Yes, we do. The Toms. The Toms. The Toms. Toms Toms is a rapid fire segment where we rate the news of the week in the world of entertainment on a scale of three famous Toms, Brokaw, Bombadil, and Bergeron. Brokaw is the highest, Bombadil is the lowest, and Bergeron is somewhere in between. Now, Jimmy, let's get to it. Let's do it, Holden. This week actually will be fairly short. Just the whole episode will be. I don't have a ton of. I'm, I'm. I. Lots of times I say I'm scraping the bottom of the barrel. I feel that more so this week than the rest of the week. That's so. okay, Holden. Quality over quantity, or neither. Yeah.
0: Holden, we made it about three minutes before your computer could put it on. Yes. <laughs> All right. So
1: I, I closed out of that Google Chrome. Yeah. I have it up on my phone now.
0: Yes. All right, Holden. What what's our news this week?
1: Okay, uh, so yes, let's get into it. Let me pull it back up. Uh, first off, we have the Soul, a new Soul trailer. Uh, Soul is the new Pixar movie that we had mentioned before is going to be coming to Disney Plus on Christmas, I believe, or around that time. Um, and so yeah, new trailer for it. We watched it. Yep, looks pretty good. I think it looks pretty good. Yeah. I mean, I, we'll see, I guess. It looks... I, I it's. I mean, it's somewhat original. I like the, the jazz the soundtrack. Mm-hmm. It's going to be pretty cool, I assume. I assume it's largely jazz.
0: I get a little bit of Inside Out vibes
1: from it. I do, too. Just from the style. Yeah. Um, but apparently, like, reviews for it have come out already. I don't know if you've seen any of those. Oh, no, I have not. It has, like, a 94 on Metacritic right now. Oh, wow. So it's, like... That's almost as s- high as us on
0: Metacritic. Metacritic.
1: What does us have?
0: I'm not not the movie. I meant this podcast. Oh. <laughs> as soon as I said that, though, I'm like, there is a movie now called. Uh, yeah, us. I was gonna say. I didn't. That think probably us has is, a decently high. It's I don't think around, it's that high. What eighty? Probably seems right. Yeah, that's a pretty solid Metacritic score. I'll look it up. Yeah. Okay. Don't touch Chrome over there.
1: Um, but yeah. Anyway. So Soul looks cool. Um, I I really liked in the trailer like the art style of the weird 2D like like I don't know what they're supposed to be, but like the people in the afterlife or whatever, where it's like hand drawn animation, uh, as opposed to the 3D animation of the rest of the movie. You know what I'm talking about, Jimmy? I
0: do know what you're talking about. Yeah. I this has an
1: 81. Cool. Oh, I okay. Score.
0: We were close. Oh, that, we're pretty spot on there, Holden. Yeah. Um, We are uh, very knowledgeable about the movies, as you
1: know. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) hence our podcast. Um, But yeah, I I think it looks cool. Um, I'm sure it's going to be sad. I'm sure people are going to cry when they see it. Maybe we will. Who knows? Uh, I'm just excited for it to be free on Disney Plus, (laughs) as opposed to having to pay like $30 like Mulan. Yeah. So I'll give it a Broca. Holden. I'll give it a broka as well. Stay tuned to our podcast for our review
0: Ooh, a review nice. of Soul around Christmas time. That's a music reference. I didn't even mean it.
1: <laughs> uh, next up, uh, I'm just
0: improvising
1: here, Holden. Wow, that's another jazz joke. Oh, wow. wow. <laughs> um. Anyway, the next up, we have another trailer uh, for Monster Hunter um another is, trailer or an, well it's the first one. trailer but, but another trailer this week um it's, for the movie monster hunter based off of the video game series that has achieved quite a bit of popularity in japan and some popularity in the west <laughs> monster hunter world's been pretty popular but uh the rest of the series eh, somewhat uh, anyway, this is being directed by Paul W. S. Anderson, who I, I when I've talked about this trailer before or this movie before, I've mentioned that he's done the previous like Resident Evil movies that aren't very good, and he also did the Mortal Kombat movie from the nineties that's not very good. Um, and this it, movie doesn't look very good. No, it doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> it just looks like a looks like a Godzilla,
0: but maybe worse.
1: Yeah, it does. It uh, to its credit, the monster designs. Are pretty accurate to the games from what i know uh the one big one that everyone knows is rathalos uh it's a one of the dragons in the game and that looks pretty spot on from the game um and i have one of my good friends who sometimes listens to this podcast shout out to eiler if he's listening uh he's a big monster hunter fan and he uh Uh, was telling me how good the designs looked. I also like that they have big weapons, but who knows how much they'll actually use because Monster Hunter is known for big weapons. But beyond that, this looks not good. (laughs) Uh, Bergeron, I guess. Yeah. Could be a good time, maybe. It looks dirty and sweaty and really yellow and brown. Should be directed by Michael Bay. Yeah. Missed opportunity. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I'm going to give it a a Bergeron. Uh, Now onto the actual news uh we have this is probably the biggest piece of news this week uh, we've uh, kind of mentioned before the new Mad Max movie that's going to be being made at some point in the near future the Furiosa spinoff. Uh, Furiosa is one of the main characters in Mad Max Fury Road uh but this week we got some news some of the cast was officially announced Apparently, it wasn't officially confirmed before that Anya Taylor-Joy was going to be playing Furiosa. We had talked about it, but I guess it was just a rumor. Now it's officially confirmed that she will be playing Furiosa, apparently in some sort of prequel, I would assume, uh, since she's younger than Charlize Theron is. Um, But then in addition to that, we also have Chris Hemsworth Ah. who has joined. And uh fresh off of uh the uh trial of the Chicago Seven, uh Yahya Abdul Mateen too is what's his name? I don't know. He's the guy who gets restrained. <laughs> in oh maybe. Okay. Yep. Uh but he's he's a real big up and comer actor. I've and everything I've seen him in, he's he's very good. Um but anyway, George Miller is coming back to write and direct it. Um and the studio apparently hasn't officially announced the film yet, but this news indicates that it is moving forward in some capacity. Uh, George Miller and other people on the production uh, team have been talking about it. So, yeah, what do you think of this? these cast announcements, Jimmy? Seem pretty solid. I'll give it a Broca. I'll give it a Broca as well. Sounds good. Yeah. Uh, next up. Um, a little bit of news for the Static Shock movie. Uh Static Shock, we had previously mentioned a few weeks ago, it was confirmed at DC Fandom. If you don't know who like Static Shock is, is he's like a superhero who has electricity powers. Uh he's an African-American superhero. Um and he had a cartoon in the early 2000s that was pretty popular. And I remember watching it a little bit, but uh yeah. Uh, Michael B. Jordan, though, has been confirmed as producer for the movie, Um, and he mentioned when he uh, announced this news that he's excited to be creating a new universe full of black superheroes, Um, and this seemed to be hinting at, from what I was reading, uh, about maybe more characters being introduced into the DC movies from Milestone. Which milestone is a DC comics line that focuses on characters by black creators. Uh so perhaps we'll be getting more adaptations of those if this does well. So yeah. What do you think about Michael B Jordan How producing? Well,
0: producer just is I don't who knows what that means. Yeah, it's Ever. very vague. It could be really involved, they could be hardly involved, but I like Michael B Jordan. He's he's good. He's good. So I'll give that a broke eye, I suppose.
1: Yeah. I wish he was in it <laughs> yeah i do too
0: i was like oh michael b jordan's gonna lead in it oh no he's the... no
1: i think he's i mean i think michael b jordan's probably too old to be because i think static shock's like a teenager but oh.
0: yeah cool he could just rub his feet up against the carpet and be static shock yeah,
1: yeah. just go around like zapping people that's the whole movie yeah like anybody that. can be static that's <laughs> that's the, that's the message of the movie <laughs>
0: Uh, so but, did, it, but in the sequel they'll find out he's actually Palpatine's grandson. Oh, yeah, yeah. So nobody, you know, you actually Palpatine have to have is the blood. real Static Shock. <laughs> he, the OG Static Shock, <laughs> he really, really is. Really, I'll give this a, a brokaw Nobody shot lightning out of their hands before Palpatine. No, yeah, I'm just to no to it like there. that
1: except for Zeus. Well,
0: <laughs> 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 Zeus is very derivative of. Of uh, Sheev Palpatine, as we all know. Yeah, we do know that. Those ancient Greek plagiarists.
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh, what do you give it? Do you give it a broca? Uh,
0: sure. I think I already said a broca. Oh, I don't remember. Maybe also, Zeus—he's got a, like a lightning bolt. He doesn't really shoot it out of his hand, right?
1: But he's still—he's like, it's still he's lightning. throwing it. I don't
0: know. Palpatine doesn't throw. It's still coming
1: lightning. out of his hand. He is still projecting it. (laughs) I don't know. It's like when you throw a baseball and you say you're shooting a baseball. Who's right? It's like when you throw a baseball and you say you're shooting a baseball. You don't shoot a baseball, (laughs) though. Um, Maybe I've just been saying it wrong this whole time. You shoot a basketball. It's true. You're just proving my point, Jimmy. But you
0: don't shoot a baseball. So, you know, it depends. Is lightning more in the basketball or the baseball category? Write in.
1: Tell us (laughs) if lightning is more like a basketball or a baseball. Uh, anyway, uh, Disney has done an uh, like update to their kind of uh, warnings on their kind of racist content of their like old movies and whatnot, um, the, or I guess what they call quote outdated cultural depictions. Uh, they they wrote in a uh, kind of, or I guess this. They now have like a title card that comes up before their movies. So if you were to watch something like Dumbo or Lady and the Tramp, which definitely has those outdated depictions, uh, you'll hear there. You'll see this on the screen. It says. Uh, This program includes negative depictions and or mistreatment of people or cultures. These stereotypes were wrong then and are wrong now. Rather than remove this content, we want to acknowledge its harmful impact, learn from it, and spark conversation to create a more inclusive future together. Disney is committed to creating stories with inspirational and aspirational themes that reflect the rich diversity of the human experience around the globe. To learn more about how stories have impacted society, uh, please visit, uh, it's a website, so yeah, (laughs) what do you think of that?
0: Uh, haven't they already been doing something like this for a long time
1: they what they had done previously it was just like in the description now that like this is actually at the beginning oh, of okay everything. well this makes sense I don't know why they hadn't done this beforehand yeah it's now you like actually see it um, I I mean I think this is good I honestly for all the flack that people give Disney and stuff, I like this approach much better than just removing the content, which is what a lot of companies have been doing. I and do too. Just, I mean, it's
0: you. You want to be able to talk about it. I mean, these are yeah artifacts from the past. Yeah, spark well, conversation.
1: Well, and like like shows. I just realized within the last week or two, there's like a couple episodes of It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia that has been like removed because of. I, one of the characters does blackface in it, but obviously they're like everyone thinks it's like a terrible thing they do, but like they it was still removed and I'm like all right <laughs> from what from like just streaming sur- like I don't think you can get it anywhere unless you have the dVd hmm that those episodes I think it's two episodes um but yeah, I don't know I think what Disney's doing though is honestly probably the best thing to do here. So I'll give it a Broca. Like, look,
0: look, if DC wanted to be that PC, they would just change their name because <laughs> Walt Disney didn't seem like the most yeah PC <laughs> guy. Um, so yeah, uh, uh, Broca, I guess. For I'm not for censorship, man. Just yeah, no. The, the uh, give a
1: warning if you if you want. No. The yeah, it's disclaimer at the beginning. Yeah. Uh, next up, if you want to know why, like how far bottom of the barrel I'm scraping, it's it's this right here. Uh, we just got uh announced that there's going to be a new animated Wizard of Oz movie, Jimmy. Uh, but this movie will be told from Toto's perspective. <laughs> Toto's the dog for yeah, those of you who don't t- know. Yeah. Do you know who Toto is, Jimmy? Yeah. You ever seen Wizard of
0: Oz? I've heard of it. <laughs> <laughs> is this not a directive DVD thing? No. Directive video, directive streaming. No, this is like a, a theatrical it, release. Yeah. Uh, It's going to be
1: based off of a book called Toto, the Dog Gone. Dog Gone, you get it? Dog? The Dog Gone Amazing Story of the Wizard of Oz. It's going to be based off of that. Uh, And it's going to be written by John August, who is pretty notable because he's written movies like Big Fish and uh, Corpse Bride, a big collaborator with uh, Tim Burton. They named a whole month after this guy. Yeah, like, wow. Must be good. And I think it's being directed by one of the showrunners of the Amazon series Mozart in the Jungle which is supposed to be good I think so but I think this is his first like film debut what studio is making this I think it's Warner Bros because I think Warner Bros owns the rights to Wizard of Oz so the same minds behind Scoob yes yes exactly maybe this will just be Scoob is like Scooby Doo is Toto that would be more interesting (laughs) (laughs) Zoink, Scoob, I'm a Scarecrow.
0: (laughs) (laughs) It should just be Scooby-Doo Wizard of Oz. Shaggy would be the Scarecrow. He would. Yeah. I know. would be a munchkin? Velma? No. She'd be like the tin can. Would Velma be Dorothy? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know, Holden. This is never going to happen. Yeah. So it doesn't matter.
1: Well, but what do you think? What do you think of this animated Wizard of Oz told from <laughs> Toto's perspective? I don't care. Bamadil. We're not going <laughs> to see this, Holden. I'm going to give it a Bergeron. Uh, next up, uh, this is some news related to the recently released Adam Sandler comedy, uh, quote unquote comedy, Hubie Halloween. You hear? You see that this was released? I saw that this was released.
0: I heard a rumor that ben stiller's character from happy gilmore reprises his role in it he is in it (laughs) i want to see it just for
1: that it's only in the opening scene so like you can just watch the
0: opening scene perfect because i i reference that all the time okay it's hilarious
1: uh but anyway so in regards to hubie halloween uh there are some cameos from like some local news anchors in the boston-salem area because that's where the movie takes place and was actually filmed there um but i fun fact i'll get to it in uh what are you doing? I watched the movie, and I watched it with my girlfriend, who's from the area, and she just spent the whole movie pointing out different things that she knows <laughs> from there. But anyway, uh, the, one of the news anchors, uh, Elena Pinto, and uh, was apparently fired for having this cameo in the movie because apparently it violated some undisclosed part of her contract, uh, and she doesn't hold it against them. It was apparently just something that she overlooked, but she's of course disappointed. So, yeah, that sucks. That imagine, really stinks. <laughs> imagine losing your job over being having a tiny part in an Adam Sandler comedy. That's a bombadil. And it's not yeah. even... Well,
0: I don't know. I'm just guessing it's not very good. But. Yeah. Yeah, no, It's <laughs> that's definitely a bombadil. <laughs> bombadil? That's too bad. I feel like that's a little harsh. Yeah,
1: I agree. Uh, then my last kind of bit of news is uh, that the new... Have you ever seen Coming to America starring... Murphy. Okay. I'm sure some of our listeners have. But anyway, the sequel coming to America. <laughs> Uh, is going to be coming to Amazon Prime. <laughs> I see what you did there, uh, but yeah, it's going to be coming to Amazon Prime. It's going to be released this December on the 18th. Uh, the original is kind of a cult classic at this point. I've never seen it, but I've I know people who think it is a very funny movie. Uh, As kind of Eddie Murphy at his in his prime, so I'm kind of curious to watch it. But I mean, if this movie comes out and it looks good, maybe we'll have to go revisit the first one. Who knows? Or visit the first one for the very first yeah, time. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Revisit uh, it for the zeroth time. Yeah.
1: Um, yeah, so... Oh, Bergeron. I haven't seen it. I'll give it a Bergeron as well. Cool. Uh, and then, I, this isn't really Tom's, but I'll uh, I'll just do it now. I found this kind of interesting article that was talking about how um, there was this like experiment done and based on like this experiment they figured out that sinister the movie have you ever seen the movie sinister no sinister is the scariest movie of all time according to science and this uh it's because let me get to the the meat and potatoes of it uh have you seen this movie i have seen it is it scary i didn't think it was that scary but maybe it's just i think i have a high resistance to horror movies though so i do anymore too it's the same. It's I don't know if he had directed anything before this, but it's the guy who directed Doctor Strange. It was like his first big movie, I think. But anyway, um, it was this experiment was called the uh, the Science of Scare Project, and apparently, like. Uh, like dozens of people of various ages were tasked with watching over a hundred hours of horror films and they were like tracking heart rates and stuff uh and they were able to determine the 35 scariest films ever made out of a sample pool of 50 so i mean obviously there's probably more out there uh but these are kind of ones that i think are generally considered some of the scariest they picked that and uh 50 of those um and sinister topped the list uh just with how they they measured and stuff like that.
0: Well, what were did they list some honorable mentions? Yeah. Here?
1: Yeah, so the rounding out the top 10 list are as follows. Uh The Conjuring: Hereditary Paranormal Activity, which I do not think is scary, but that's I haven't funny. seen it. Uh it follows The Conjuring 2, The Babadook, uh The Descent and The Visit. I've seen most of those. Yeah. Um Oh and oh wait, no. Uh second place was Insidious. i just haven't seen Insidious. I haven't either. Uh, but yeah, uh, apparently, oh yeah, Insidious had the distinction of having the biggest jump scare, which makes sense. I know what that jump scare is. That one's pretty famous at this point, but that apparently sent participants heart rate up to 133 beats per minute. Wow. Pretty scary. Might as well just run on the treadmill, huh? Yeah. Or watch Insidious. (laughs) (laughs) But anyway, yeah. So I just thought that was kind of interesting that this, I mean, take it with what, take it for what you will, but. It's kind of cool. Interesting how there's like no classics on there. Yeah, I. I mean, I. I would imagine they would have been testing them. Yeah, for sure. So. I mean, I. I'm. I'm of the personal opinion that horror is probably like ages the worst in a lot of ways because I think like. Yeah. I mean, there are some like frightening older movies. I think like the original Texas Chainsaw Massacre is is pretty disturbing and. It's unsettling. disturbing. It's not necessarily scary. I guess. But I, I think like horror is something that doesn't necessarily age the best, especially the old old stuff.
0: Yeah, I wonder I wonder if you went back in like the nineteen eighties and did this, if those movies would be relatively scarier then. Like,
1: oh, I bet so. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, the scary 100%. movies
0: like maybe the hundred and whatever whatever the average heart rate was for Sinister wonder if that would actually been higher for a movie back from the 70s 80s if you did this test at the 80s oh yeah I'm sure it would be because I mean there's just less of it yeah less desensitized desensitization
1: i think all of the movies that i read are from the 2010s to now all the top 10 aside from maybe insidious i don't know when insidious came out but i think all the rest of them are from this last decade so yeah i'm sure it's just because newer stuff is scarier to modern audiences oh scientists
0: also researched what the worst movie of all time was and it was scales mermaids are real <laughs> <laughs> just kidding, I, yeah. <laughs> but I'm pretty sure there is a scientific way that you could prove that. Probably, I think I'm retroactively going to uh, label this as a random segment, Holman. So, okay, just because I think this is interesting and uh, people might skip, I don't want people to skip over it. Yeah, huh? And, or maybe they'll listen. So to this I want you to, just I, to listen to this segment.
1: I want you to crudely just insert your voice saying "random segment" in like the middle, or I'm not—that's too much. That's too much work. No, it's just like very crude. You don't need to make it sound clean. I know, but that's already <laughs> too much work.
0: I'm not gonna do it. Alright, fine. I, but it's start. I there's like gonna be a, a marker there. So. Okay. I'll maybe even cool. put it in the title. Nice. Scientists prove the scariest movie of all time. Is Tim Burton's you have to say Dumbo. It, you
1: have to say is dot 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 because you want people to click on Whoa. on the time scale. Yes. Yeah. Cool. That's it. We'll go on to our review now of the okay. trial of the Chicago 7. Jimmy, I have one question for you. What's that? What happened to the trial of the Chicago 1 through 6? <laughs> <laughs> A classic, Holden.
0: This is our non-spoiler review of the Aaron Sorkin <laughs> Aaron, Aaron Sorkin. What? Aaron Sorkin. I don't know. It's just got a funny last name. Okay. Aaron Sorkin. Uh, film directed and written by the one and only Aaron Sorkin. Just yes. say his name, hold it. It's fun to say. Aaron Sorkin. <laughs> Sounds like you're like saying. Three times
1: in a mirror. So... He'll <laughs> <laughs> appear behind you. <laughs> I wish Aaron Sorkin would appear behind me. Do you? I don't know. What is he like in real life? He seems all right. Yeah, he doesn't I don't know. From <laughs> what I see it in interviews which are heavily like <laughs> obviously put in
0: his favor. Yeah. Uh this will be our non spoiler review of this movie. Uh premise it is the trial of it's technically the Chicago eight, and then yeah. it goes down to the Chicago seven. Uh for reasons that you'll just watch the you'll film hear. for. You'll hear. Okay. Uh, The background is, which I didn't know, I knew it was some sort of Vietnam War protest, but I was more interested once I was like, oh, this is this story, okay. Uh, The background is, the context is these people, these seven slash eight people were somewhat involved with the uh, protests surrounding the 1968 Democratic National Convention in Chicago, Illinois, a very famous event that happened in the very tumultuous Nineteen sixties. I didn't know what happened before in the this United movie. States. Ooh. <laughs> well, the nineteen sixties United States is like one of my favorite things in history yeah. to learn about. If not my favorite thing. Um so that is the the background of this story, I guess, and there what happened there, these people are, are being put on trial for it. Yeah. So yes. Holden. Overall thoughts.
1: I thought it was really good, honestly.
0: I did too. I thought it was a little slow after the beginning montage. Yeah, like it, I agree. It Took a while to get the gears
1: moving yeah. a little bit. Um, I thought once they started the characterization of the different people a lot more, that's when it got more interesting. Because I thought I liked I liked the individual people quite a bit, and I liked when it flashed back to the actual
0: events. Yeah, of what that happened in the cross cutting. This was a very well-directed film. Mm-hmm. Um, Aaron Sorkin, I guess, not known for his directing. No, more, mostly just writing. More writing, but this this is mo- only his,
1: his, This is only his second movie, I think, directing. Did he do Molly? Molly's, Molly's Game. Game. Which I haven't seen. Nor have I.
0: Um, but this is just a very slick film. The presentation mm-hmm. is fantastic, especially towards the beginning. Mm-hmm. I think it just... The way the camera moves, the, the snappy Aaron Sorkin dialogue is just clicking on all cylinders. And yeah. it's just like... Very flashy and kind of like, I don't know, Spielberg, Scorsese-esque where it's just like things that kind of remind me of like a little bit of like Goodfellas or something where there's just like a momentum Mm -hmm. to certain parts of it. Um, Then it bogs down quite a bit, you know, after the first 10 minutes and that next 10, 15 minutes is all slow for me, but then it picks back up. I think maybe my biggest gripe with the movie is that it seems a little over dramatic. Uh, In terms of, I I did quite a bit of research afterwards about the event, Um, and there are things that happen in the movie that just don't happen. Yeah, (laughs) and I was
1: like, I just feels very Hollywood. That's kind of what I was hearing too. Like they had certain beats they wanted to hit, and they just kind of (laughs) like, if it what didn't exist in real life, they just kind of made it up.
0: Yeah, I think parts there are certain things that have a predictable payoff to them. And I think, yeah, I just think they're the parts that are, they took liberty with it, which is one thing, but then to take as much liberty as they did, as they did, is a completely different thing in my mm. opinion. So it is, I didn't quite appreciate that. I don't, I don't appreciate the film as much now as I did right after watching it when I didn't know what was true, what wasn't true. Sure, sure. Um, I wish there would have been a higher majority of things that were true. And to the film's credit, there are several things that are basically
1: taken right out of the court records. You'll have to uh, walk us through what isn't true uh, in spoilers. Yeah. I didn't spoilers. really look into it.
0: Yeah. Um, but I was going to say something. Overall strengths of this movie, the
1: acting, yeah. exce- except that's awesome. It's Quite an all-star cast, too. Like, There's a lot of people, People you'll even if you don't know their name, you'll recognize from other things. Uh, this is the... Uh, we're we're going to have two weeks in a row where we're, we're going to have uh, Borat. <laughs> we're going to have three Sasha Baron Cohen. Wait, did we do Borat last week? Yeah. Oh, wow. So three weeks in a row where we have uh, Sasha Baron Cohen as one of these central characters in, a, in our subject uh, or the movie we're, we're talking about. And I think he's I love him in this movie. I think he's awesome. Yeah, he and Eddie Redmayne yeah. are fantastic. And uh what's the Mark
0: Rylance? Yeah, is as the fantastic as the the defender, the yeah, defendant. Whatever the, his the, name the, is. The kind of um Dunkirk guy. <laughs> Dunkirk yeah. boat man. He's also in Ready Player One. Oh, I haven't watched it. <laughs> Joseph Gordon-Levitt, pretty good.
1: He mm-hmm. didn't steal the show for me. No, he did de- yeah, I don't know. I mean, his performance was understated, but it was—I don't know. I think he was just outshone by like almost everyone else. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to remember what's what's like. Uh, Sasha Baron Cohen's fr- like Friends. Ca- what's that actor's name?
0: Oh, let me—is it
1: uh, Jeremy Strong? Oh yeah, Jeremy Strong. I really liked him. I loved. <laughs> I loved his voice. He was going for like a Cheech and Chong, like <laughs> like kind of hippie voice. Yeah, it sounded just like that. It was pretty fun, and
0: um what else was I gonna say? I don't remember. So, yeah,
1: um yeah. But I think they're all great. I, as I mentioned, Jeremy Strong and Sasha Baron Cohen—they're kind of like the comedy relief a little bit, and I think it works really well for this movie overall. Eddie Redmayne's kind of like the—he's not really like the main character. There's not really a main character, but he's. He's kind of more the straight man, I guess, uh, for everything that's just kind of happen- happening. Mm-hmm. Um, he's good as well. Um, quite an accent. I was like, I mean, because obviously Eddie Redmayne is, is from the great UK um, and he's his I thought he did a pretty good American accent. He actually sounded a lot like Topher Grace for a little bit. I thought I was no, like- <laughs> I didn't I wasn't thinking that
0: oh, okay. I just it was remarkable to me that his voice was that different. Yeah, just right? weird. Like you're not Eddie Redmayne, no, but he was fantastic, and I he would, and Sasha Baron Cohen really, really fed off each other very well. They were great foils so in the story.
1: Um, and then as uh, the actor I mentioned before, I uh, forgive me if I mispronounce his name, but yaya Abdul Mateen, I think is how you say it. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's very good in the movie. Uh he's uh one of the, he's been in Black Mirror. He was one of the stars of the Watchmen series and he's been in a lot of stuff recently and he's he's really quite talented. he's also gonna be the main character in the new Candyman movie. Um oh. but yeah, he's very good. Very good. Yeah, honest there's not a weak link in the acting. No. At all. Um what else? Um I mean, yeah, we got we got the Aaron Sorkin dialogue that is it's just it's exposition filled, but not in like a, a bogged down way. It's all presented in a very entertaining like it is it is a lot of exposition like a lot of his movies are, but it's like it's just like it's so flashy. Yeah, it's and so flashy. It's it's the you way you wish you, the way you wish you could talk. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> it's so easy to take in and it's so entertaining. Um but yeah, and it's kind of like a joke to like that Aaron Sorkin does courtroom dialogue and this is this is very obviously a very good example of that. Yeah. Um what else i well we we mentioned kind of the framing of this movie how it's how it's intercut uh you have the courtroom stuff and it's kind of intercut with the stuff in the past which i think is like was perfect for this story honestly i i, I do agree it takes a bit to get going before we start getting those kind of flashbacks and stuff but i think like kind of having the the context of the the consequences of the actions of what happens in the past and then kind of seeing how the stuff in the past actually unfolded it's very very cool
0: yeah i also want to talk about kind of the production history of this film sure very interesting looking it up so sorkin wrote this script back in 2007 wow and steven spielberg was going to direct it and i did i did hear about spielberg Spielberg wanted to do this film so sorkin went down wrote a script and I cannot, I think maybe the recession or some, for some reason they got put on hold. I don't remember. Was uh, it the writer's strike? That it was the writer's strike. Yeah, yeah, it would have been around that time. It was the writer's strike and that's what kind of put it on hold. Uh, eventually they just never got around to it. Then interest uh, reformed back in like 2018 mm-hmm. to make it. So they Sorkin decided to make it himself, I guess.
1: I think we reported that the announcement on this podcast we did yeah Yeah. I think I remember that
0: um and then uh so some of the interesting things back in 2007 was that they were starting to cast people and uh Will Smith was gonna be playing or was in talks to play Bobby Seal Mm -hmm. and uh Heath Ledger was in talks to play Tom Hayden, who's played by Eddie Redmayne. Wow. I, but Sasha Baron Cohen was still, uh, Abby, what's his last name?
1: Uh, him. It's the same as Heath the judge. Hoffman. Hoffman. Abby <laughs> Hoffman.
0: Yeah. Uh, he was still cast to play him back in 2007. So that, no. I just thought that was a very interesting that like
1: Heath Ledger and Will Smith would have been in this movie. Yeah. I think it's funny that like Sasha Baron Cohen is still in it, <laughs> like, yeah, like more than ten years later.
0: Yeah, old well, thirteen years later. Wow, crazy. Um, but yeah, I think that's all. I kind of I just thought that was interesting looking up the history of the movie and the actual story.
1: So, mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, other things we want to talk about before we give our ratings, Holden.
1: Um, hmm. I just thought I thought the tone of this movie was very. I, I really liked the tone of this movie, honestly, because I, I think this movie could have easily been just very dour and like not. I mean, because we won't get into exactly what happens if you don't know the story, but I think it would just be very easy to go kind of like with a dour, like depressing tone, like a like standard courtroom drama. But I like that it wasn't that and it was more just like, I don't know. I don't know how to describe the tone of this movie, I guess it was lighter a little bit. But not uh not without being heavy. <laughs> it's hard to describe. I think it's it very it was definitely heavier
0: than lighter. Yeah, but it but it had it levity was. in it. Yeah, it had levity. Yeah. But yeah, it was it was a heavy movie, I think. I think it, it's also more relevant now than it was oh, yeah. in two thousand seven.
1: It is incredible to me how many movies have come out this year that have been like very culturally relevant right now. And like, but they were in production like, <laughs> like yeah. two, three years ago. Um, so, I mean, I do, I do, I
0: guess maybe I just want to say that I can see this. I could see this movie getting some momentum around the Academy Awards due to, it's got Aaron Sorkin's the name, mm-hmm. Sasha Baron Cohen as a name. Eddie Redmayne. I mean, but I mean, just like that, yeah. the Academy is going to be drawn to, and its relevancy. It's a courtroom drama. It's a historical piece. They love those, don't they? I think it just has that formula. Yeah, that I could see this movie getting some momentum on the Academy Awards. But I mean, the post didn't, and it was kind of it was somewhat similar. So true. Still need to see that. Um. Yeah. Yeah, you're only a journalism major. Yeah.
1: (laughs) It's like every journalism class I take, they mention the post-movie, and I'm like, I should get around to see that. That's pretty good. (laughs) That had Tom Hanks and Meryl Streep in it. Yeah. And
0: Steven Spielberg. And it was timely.
1: Steven Spielberg
0: was in the movie? Yeah.
1: Hey, guys.
0: It was like uh, Like Austin Powers. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. All right, hold on. Ready for a rating or have anything else to add? No, I'm good to rate all right you want to go first this week
1: no you can go first
0: okay <laughs> 8.5 for me all right i'll give it an eight eight you're going lower yeah i think my enjoyment level was probably a 7.5 to an eight i think my enjoyment level was
1: probably a little uh no it's probably right around an eight honestly yeah
0: all right i think it did get a little slow in parts yeah yeah all right holden you ready to do spoilers
1: yeah spoilers Let's get into it. Spoilers for the trial of the Chicago 7. You know what they say when you're podcasting, whisper into your microphone. Yes.
0: <laughs> I'm sure that was
1: really pleasant to listen to. <laughs> that was me uh, blowing into the, the microphone. Holding well, you're always blowing. So... <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so
0: this... You can interpret that however you want to.
1: Literally, yeah. Um, So, yeah, this movie, it is brand new on Netflix, so hopefully you guys are watching it and not listening to this uh, based on our recommendation. But if odds not... Odds are you have Netflix. Yeah, odds are you have Netflix. Especially if you listen to this podcast. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, I feel sorry for you. The Stranger Things episode was probably really sad for you.
0: <laughs> <laughs> All right, Holden. We uh, should be talking about maybe some things that weren't didn't happen in real life yeah uh well so the big one for me is that the whole like name list of name thing that happens at the end that's the big hollywood moment yeah i could not find any confirmation yeah. that,
1: that that's ever kind happened. of what i figured i i didn't do any like looking into it but i figured that seemed too hollywood <laughs> and it was quite obvious
0: from the beginning. oh what are you doing oh i'm just keeping a list of everyone's names so we don't forget why we're here yeah and then like i'm like oh wow they're definitely not going to just read that off at the end of the movie in the courtroom
1: to a thunder see applause. i would have really liked if the, if the movie just kept going while he read all four thousand names <laughs> that would have been pretty good right? that should have been the movie yeah that wouldn't win academy
0: awards they would have been like oh so and then it did the whole pause frame with the text
1: of where they were after that. And yeah. Just like blood deaths. Just like <laughs> <laughs> Aaron Sarkin. Really so influence. derivative of blood deaths. Yeah. Come on, Aaron
0: Sarkin. So have a little bit of an original bone in your body. Huh? <laughs> um but yeah, so that was the, the big, big one. Also the whole like thing about them saying, like, this was a huge political move to spite whoever that, but the attorney general, whatever that was. I don't know. I, I heard that was maybe way over, overblown in the movie. I didn't look too far into that. So that makes sense. But just, so I, from what I read, they kind of moved things around and, and made things way more dramatic than they were in some places. But I mean, in terms of like the day to day courtroom interaction between the Chicago seven and the judge that was accurate which is like astounding that judge oh my gosh oh my gosh it's also 1969 so
1: yeah I know but like but watching it now I was watching it I just finished this movie like two hours ago with my roommate and we were just sitting there and anytime the judge said anything we're just like oh my god (laughs) Like I'm not even I'm not I'm not like any involved in the law at all, and I know you can't do that. Yeah, you can't just deny someone a lawyer. See? Yeah, you cannot a lot. You cannot deny someone like the ability to defend themselves if they do not have a lawyer. Like <laughs> they should be able to defend themselves. It's just like wow.
0: Um, and uh, the whole scene with uh, Bobby Seal being handcuffed and gagged, I believe is accurate. Really? Yes. So, which is
1: very sad. Yeah, that was. I was surprised how much that scene was like, how much that or how emotional that scene was because I figured he was just gonna be like restrained and it was gonna be whatever. But honestly, honestly, I think
0: that's the emotional peak of the film. Yeah, which is ironic because this is the Chicago Seven, and that's when they become the Chicago
1: Seven is when his trials deemed a mistrial. I found, I found his whole. His whole bit in the movie to be the most interesting. I think. Yeah. I think I liked that the most. And then he's just not in the second half or last last third or so. Yeah, which is a shame. I mean, it's but it's probably accurate to how it was in real life. Like once he got mistrial, then he's just not there.
0: Yeah. It just it felt more of a movie about the trial of the Chicago Eight than the Chicago Seven. Yeah, which is what they were originally known as at first was the well, Chicago Eight.
1: More like trial of the Chicago Five because those two people did not matter. Yeah. <laughs> um.
0: Yeah. I mean, any particular films that or any particular moments in the film that you want to talk about specifically?
1: Um. I mean, I liked almost. I liked the moment where. Um, Sasha Baron Cohen and Jeremy Strong like dressed up like the judge. I thought that was pretty funny. Which is real. Which is real. Yeah, I don't. I didn't see anything
0: about the police uniforms under it. Okay, but it is real that they did dress up as the judge.
1: Okay. I yeah. I thought I liked that. I liked like, what? When is Sasha Baron? uh, Sasha Um, Baron Cohen. And then when the judge when the judge said um, that he
0: and Abby were not related, he did yeah he did shout out father father why have you forsaken me that was pretty funny the courtroom laughed in real life
1: yeah um but anyway yeah abby hoffman i i liked his whole he had like a weird stand-up thing that was like that it would come Uh way to sometimes the shirt was spot on too really Starkly accurate his american flag shirt thing okay yeah yeah abby hoffman like it, it was weird because it was like stand-up but it was mostly just him like recounting the events that happened he wasn't like really adding too much like of his own humorous flair to it he was just like yeah this is like what happened this is yeah. stupid and funny like which i kind of i liked those bits um uh, michael keaton is in this movie we didn't mention him briefly yeah, yeah. briefly would have liked him more just because i like michael keaton but yeah um you know what else i would i'm not sure if the whole
0: undercover agent oh yeah thing was accurate or
1: not i didn't see anything on that but um that was yeah. an interesting storyline I liked I liked that whole scene where they were like revealing like all these people that were undercover. And I mean, I think it would have been cooler if they if those characters were like established before or something like that. But it was still just like wild to see how many undercover people like were involved. And if that I mean, that might not be true. But in the context of the movie, it was pretty, pretty interesting. um But yeah, all the riot stuff, all the flashbacks to that very cool uh very violent very hard to watch at times i like how uh, they spliced in some of the original footage i liked that event. too yeah that was and it was i mean it, they did that just to show you how like accurate they were presenting it i mean it was it seemed pretty mm-hmm. again pretty i agree
0: those moments where it's kind of spliced between what's happening in the dialogue in the court, court room those are the the best parts of the movie for oh, me yeah
1: um I didn't see my friend that is in this movie. You did not? <laughs> no, I don't I don't know where she where she's supposed she to be. Was she like a protester or something? I think so. So I, I mean I'm sure if I asked and I combed through it, I could I could find where she is, <laughs> but <laughs> we'll see if I end up doing that. Probably not. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Sorry about that.
0: But yeah, I, I did I enjoyed the argument between or just like the whole notion of like why are we doing this what is this for yeah in the the different interpretations of like how we should be approaching this change that we seek in the country and mm-hmm. and you know tom hayden's like the democratic process and we need to they believe in the same principles but they, their yeah. approach is different the democratic process you need to win elections by any means necessary sort of thing or the uh the abby hoffman thing of just like screw it f you the man yeah whatever you're just out to get me you decided my fate it's very when, i mean when the, you met the, me and
1: those arguments are still happening now yeah like very very timely
0: and then see to see them have a respect for each other
1: mm-hmm. at the end
0: which i don't know what that was like in real life but yeah, i don't either Yeah, I think this movie overplayed the Tom Hayden role in it. Really? In the trial. Based just like on the... I looked up his Wikipedia page and it had like literally one sentence about the trial. Really? And he's hardly mentioned. I mean, it just says that
1: he's like part of the trial on the official... Well, because after that, he went on to be a congressman, right? Wikipedia page, yeah. Or a state legislator. A state legislature, okay. So. Yeah. Um, I, one of my things about the movie that I'm, I, I don't know, I, I feel like some of the characters could have used a bit more, like, I, I would have liked to know where they were coming from a bit more, like, why they think the way they do. I feel like we got that a little bit with a few of the characters, but, like, some of them, I feel like Abby, like, Abby's just kind of, like, against the man, and I, I don't think we know why. Mm-hmm. I uh, would have liked to look into that a little bit more. I, the most yeah. we probably have for like kind of like their backstory or kind of thing is like John Carroll Lynch's character has like a kid and a wife. That's about the extent. And they're not important in the not, movie. Yeah. They just kind of awkwardly are shown a couple of times. Yeah. Um but, yeah, I kind of would have liked that, and i I mean the movie is it's over two hours already, but kind of would have yeah. liked to see that a little bit somehow implemented, yeah, I yeah, I don't know, maybe just
0: maybe I would have preferred a movie about the the actual riot than the trial mm-hmm. but I see I mean like they were going for certain themes with the trial, communicating the message, interspliced enough of it to make it entertaining enough to sit through it. I wouldn't recommend this movie to everybody. I think you have to be a fan of, of kind of dramas that are slow burn period piece, interested in us history and the sixties to enjoy this film. It's definitely, I could see some people watching this and be like, that was really boring. Yeah.
1: No, don't just watch it because like Eddie Redmayne's in it or something. Oh no, Like, I mean, if Eddie Redmayne draws you to it and you end up liking the movie, that's great. But I mean, don't, don't be coming in <laughs> expecting like a, a, I don't know, Eddie Redmayne's in a lot of like Victorian period pieces. <laughs> don't be expecting that.
0: Uh, yeah, so I'm trying to think if there's anything else I want to add. I might be out of things to say. Holden.
1: I think I am too.
0: All right. So what are you doing? What are you doing? What are you doing? No, what are you doing? What are you doing? No, what are you doing? What are you
1: doing? Oh, what am I doing, Jimmy? This is a short episode. That's okay, Holden. We're due for a short episode. Yeah, about time. Um, I have watched some movies this week that I will talk about, uh, the ones I quite like. I, so one of the things I watched this week was um, on HBO Max. I watched the Woodstock documentary, a uh, very famous documentary from 1970. Uh, I can't remember the director, but uh, uh, Martin Scorsese, of all people, is an assistant director and editor on it. And it was like before he made really movies of his own. Um, So it was kind of one of his things that got him started, but it is a documentary that is essentially it's like half documentary and half like concert film about uh, the performances at the Woodstock Festival um, and also just kind of capturing the culture and everything that happened there. And it is very, very interesting. This movie was very culturally uh, influential because it kind of helped shape the public perception of that festival. Um, because before that, I mean, it was mostly just like pictures and newspapers. is what people had and like headlines reading, like the hippie festival, like so gone wait, wrong. What year was this from? No, this is from 1970. It was like okay. a year after the festival. Um, but it is the director's cut, which is the one that's on HBO max is three hours and 45 minutes. That's it like is Snyder cut. Yeah, it <laughs> is. <laughs> It is, it is long. I had to break it up into a few chunks, but I mean, it's, you have some very, very famous music performances like Santana's live performance and Jimi Hendrix's like Star Spangled Banner, which is now just like absolutely iconic uh, for that, for the 60s. Uh, You have those performances and you just have like people coming together and helping each other out despite, like, a pretty disastrous festival overall, but people enjoying themselves despite all of that. It's like, especially after, like, knowing about the Fire Festival, there's some, like, strange parallels between the two, and I'm like, this one just happened to work out better. Um, But it's very, very cool. I'd really recommend it if you're, like, interested in music or just that kind of counterculture. I also watched... Oh, where is it uh, One Cut of the Dead have you heard of this no uh, One Cut of the Dead it is I can't really say much about it because saying much would spoil it but it is a Japanese uh, like horror comedy movie um, and it's kind of follows a film crew who is uh, they're going to make a zombie movie but then real zombies start attacking them and I cannot say any more than that because there is a lot to spoil in this movie. And I think it is really, really
0: good. What, it, when, what year is it from?
1: 2017. Okay. And Jimmy, I think you would like this movie quite a bit. And in the title again? One Cut of the Dead. One Cut of the Dead. Yeah. It is, I mean, it's got some very, very good filmmaking in it. But I think especially, it's kind of split up into three chunks. I think the first third and the last third especially are like just pretty incredible. Um, but yeah, I would highly recommend that movie. Um, I got it on shutter. I got a like 30 day free trial of shutter. So I've been watching some stuff on that due to Halloween and whatnot. Um, I also watched a Hubie Halloween, which I mentioned earlier. Um, it's not very good <laughs> I really only watched it because uh, as I mentioned before my girlfriend uh, Mariah she's from that area and so she wanted and she knew that that movie had been like filmed out there because I think it was filming while she was out there in the summer um, and so she wanted to like kind of watch it and point out stuff to me and I noticed stuff from when I had gone out and visit her and visited Salem I noticed some things too um, but it's yeah it's pretty it's it's not as bad as like Sandler's worst but it's nowhere near his like best. It's pretty middle of the road. It's it's got it's got all of the favorites. Kevin James, Rob Schneider, you know, they're both in it. Rob Schneider. Rob Schneider. <laughs> <laughs> you got them. Steve Buscemi's in it. Uh I don't know. It's just it's not very funny. There's a few pretty funny things in it, but his voice in that movie it's like kind of a little meme now because it is so hard to understand. Like take Bobby Boucher from the water boy and crank that up to 11. Like you is cannot understand. like Little underst- Nicky or what? I've never seen Little Nicky. in I, I It's <laughs> different. It's different than that, but it might be hard as hard to understand. It's
0: proper chicken is freaking awesome. <laughs> <laughs> um, little Nikki is an interesting watch woman should i watch it (laughs) it might be a listener request oh no oh no Uh, it is one of the most
1: bizarre movies
0: i've ever seen
1: (laughs) but yeah i mean hubie halloween it's i don't know it's pretty oh i also reviewed it for the school newspaper it's that was the other reason i watched it it's not good Yeah, that's, I think, I'm almost done with Schitt's Creek. I'm five episodes away from finishing it. Already? So,
0: Didn't you just start
1: it? Like a month ago. <laughs>
0: How many seasons? Six it? seasons. How many episodes? Like 14 a season. And they're
1: what, 23 minutes? Yeah. That's pretty fast. Holden. Yeah. I, it's, Shits Creek, it's one of those, I like, I keep being like, oh, I'll just watch an episode right now. I've got time. I'll just watch, I got 20 minutes. I'll just watch an episode. on one of those things and i i i'm liking it a lot that's good yeah i think that's uh pretty much it for me though what about you jimmy um i've been
0: slowly making my way through bojack horseman one season i think i have one more episode left in season five wow and then i'll be on season six and then i'll be done wow where you know it what are you thinking I think it's been pretty consistent quality over the course of the show. I don't think it's necessarily gotten better or worse. Okay. Um, there are parts where I I just don't like. I think they just make BoJack more unlikable than they need to. Sure. In certain parts of the show, I'm kind of at one of those points, but I'm hoping that it's like comes back. It's like. He doesn't grow at all, really. Like, it seems like he grows, and then it's like, oh, well, no, he didn't. It's like one
1: step forward and two steps back. (laughs) And then
0: I feel like that's just kind of frustrating as a viewer. And I find myself more interested in the side characters of the show. Oh, yeah. So I fully agree with that. But I I do like the moments of his growth. It just, I wish there was more likable BoJack in it. Like, Mm -hmm. I understand that you need growth and stuff. Like, he doesn't need to be just a terrible person. (laughs) Like overly terrible. Who's
1: your favorite character in it?
0: <laughs> I love Mr. Peanut Butter.
1: Honestly, he's just pretty cause, good.
0: Just because he's so un unaware of everything, is <laughs> no self awareness, and he's just like the yellow lab or whatever, and just <laughs> always optimistic and everything. He has the personality of a dog. Yeah. <laughs> what Erica? What are you doing here? Just what is
1: this a crossover episode? What is this a crossover episode? Yeah,
0: <laughs> so I I I like him. I mean, Todd's funny, of course. I I, I really like Princess Carolyn. Actually, Princess yeah. Carolyn might be my favorite side character.
1: I think she has some of the best growth and like just change. I just like her story. She's also very likable. Yeah. Too. Um,
0: so yeah, I might have to change. That. Princess Carolyn might be my favorite side character, followed That's by right. Mr. Peanut Butter and Todd. I think like Todd's like the obvious answer, but. I do Todd. like I do like how meta it is with the, a lot of the humor. Yeah, <laughs>
1: <laughs>
0: and I do like this this most recent season, which they're making filbert the show. Oh yeah, I yeah. like all the puns in it. They're pretty funny, pretty clever. Like which puns? I don't remember. There's like three in an episode
1: anymore. Four. Oh, an okay. episode. I, I just like I like Todd and how like things just happen to him. <laughs> it's <laughs> or like he'll be talking about something
0: or. Or they'll just be like talking about something and they'll might go on this tangent and they're like, wait a second, we don't have time in this episode for that <laughs> or whatever. <laughs> yeah. Just all the, the meta humor of the writing is pretty funny. It is pretty good. I do like those those jokes the best and the environmental jokes and all that. Mm-hmm. But yeah, the story's good too. And the characters, it's a good, well-rounded show. I'll be sad when it's done.
1: Nice. It doesn't feel like I'm cl- getting close to the last season. No. So. I don't I don't think it's I don't think it ends poorly, nor do I think it's necessarily rushed that much. But I wonder if before six season was like started working on if they knew that was going to be the last season, because I think they do end it well. But I just wonder if like at the end of season five, if they were thinking they were going to get a couple more. Yeah, or not. it, so like it doesn't know.
0: feel it feels like I'm like hitting the midpoint of the show, not the yeah. end of it. I think
1: when I think like six does end it well, though, so we'll yeah. see. We'll see. Although yeah.
0: then it can't be one of my favorite shows because all my favorite shows end very poorly. Apparently,
1: <laughs> maybe you'll think it ends poorly. I don't know. <laughs> yeah,
0: we'll see. Uh, anyway, I Emily and I watched the Social Dilemma on Netflix. It's the documentary about uh, social media ruining everything. It was interesting. Um, the interviews were very intriguing, um, and they it was all these tech people, sure. from Silicon Valley. And talking about how, like, social media is designed to make you addicted to it, which is just, like, the whole, like, design and science of that, like, just all the psychology behind it Mm -hmm. is very, like, fascinating and, like, how they never, like, thought of the ethics of what they were doing at the time and now they're trying to change that. Sure. And just how, like, dangerous it could be because it's so, it's such an unregulated space right now and we're actually, I mean, just today I saw that. Facebook has blocked more than 2 million ads leading up to the the election. So I can't well, I even I imagine video, yeah. I can't even imagine all the stuff. So they now it seems like they're trying to fix some of these problems we have with social mm-hmm. media, but now yeah, just these people advocating for change not only in just what's on social media, but just how they're designed themselves sure. to make them less addicting. And they just like talked about, you know, suicide rates and all this and just a whole bunch of things. The weird part of it is that they, like, <laughs> kind of put this little, narr- like, fictional narrative of this family into the movie that's very unnecessary and she's It's like they ham-fisted a bad Black Mirror episode <laughs> into this movie where every shot is, like, on a gimbal stabil- stabilizer tracking shot. It's like, okay, so, like, settle down a little bit. It's a little <laughs> distracting and, like some of the kids look like they're 25 and they're supposed to be in high school. I think I heard about that. Yeah. It just, it was interesting. The interviews are very interesting, but the, the, this like little narrative that they kind of weave in and out of it is like pretty dumb and unnecessary. Um, but overall I think it's worth watching. I think it's a good conversation starter. Um, I don't feel that addicted to my phone. Like I definitely related to some of the things they're saying. But like for certain things, it's like, I don't mind all this data, them knowing some Mm -hmm. of this data about me. Like I've been, I'm saving up for a new camera. Like I don't mind getting ads or recommended videos on YouTube about certain cameras. Like that's very relevant to me. Um, But other, I can see why like you might get down a rabbit hole of misinformation um, by those very same things. So yeah, they'll have to figure that out. Good luck, people. (laughs) glad good, I'm not good luck people smarter than us yes or just in Silicon Valley yeah um I think that's pretty much it nice yeah didn't have a lot of time this week won't have a lot of time this week so damn see. I'll it, I'll watch Borat sometime though I don't know yeah. when we're gonna be able to record our next episode Holden but why because of all the stuff I have upcoming this next week oh yeah okay but um, we'll, we'll figure, it, figure it, out. it out. It We'll have bore, a Borat episode coming to you sometime.
1: Yeah, pretty soon.
0: Uh, we'll do Borat. Sometime within the next two weeks, we'll have the Borat episode. Hopefully sooner than two weeks. Hopefully. But when does it comes out? Friday? It
1: comes out Friday. Yeah.
0: I'm going to watch it probably Friday night. Yeah. I just don't know if we'll be able to record it next weekend. It might be two weeks. So Damn. But we'll... Well, it'll be the borat episode will be get next. ahead
1: on your uh, scheduling that way we can just do it some random night yeah, I'll week. just
0: invent more time for yeah. me to have and then we'll yeah. just do it.
1: I just stop being lazy, Jimmy. Yeah. That's <laughs> really the problem. <laughs> yeah. Laziness. Yeah. That yeah. So yeah, Borat 2 next episode. Uh we maybe at some point we'll review The Witches if it turns out to be good. If not then we won't. Um and we got some more requests coming up. Have we gotten any new requests, Jimmy? I think we did in
0: our email, but I mean, it's not going to be for a while yet. So, yeah. So don't get excited.
1: Yeah. If you sent us an email request, still got a while. Um, I'm thinking of ending things was another request we had. This oh, week. well, we needed to watch it at some point anyway. Kind of surprised we didn't do it for the show, honestly. Well, I didn't think about it. all then. <laughs> Nor did I yeah uh, so we will get to those eventually
0: okay I, th- I think
1: after this next week we'll probably get back to requests I don't, can't think of anything coming out alright Holden anything else no well uh, I mean you got the requests if you want to send us requests send it to our email tauntpodcast at gmail.com or you can uh, leave us a five star review on iTunes if you haven't already that's the preferred method that is the preferred method I should lead with that one. I know. And every week you don't. (laughs) Every week I have to say,
0: should leave the review.
1: Yeah, leave the review if you haven't already. And there there you can uh, give us a request. And then also uh, you can uh, uh, give us donations on Patreon in which you can also leave a request. Um, You can follow us on social media. And yeah, I think that's about it. All right, Holden. Adios, pantalones. Love you.